Hello and welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. I'm your host, Trey Scott, joined by college basketball's all-time career assist king, Jerry Meyer. Jerry, you're playing hurt today. A little bit. Having a little tooth pain. Getting old. Maybe I need to brush my teeth a little better. I don't know. Well, we can go to the dentist after this. Yeah, but, uh, we're gonna play. We're gonna play through it. I'm excited about this podcast. Before we get started, we'd love for you to take a moment and subscribe to this podcast on on iTunes, and, and please leave us a five star review. We're also available on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening to this podcast via the 24 seven Sports Media Player, you can just you can hover over the subscribe button, and uh, you'll see a, a, a slew of podcast icons, and you can just listen to us from there. So we were mapping out, we were a few days ago mapping out our podcast strategy for the off season. And I knew Jerry was in Atlanta this past weekend. And we're like, all right, we can, you know, we were exchanging emails as we, as we do. And we're like, all right, who'd you see? What'd you see? Who'd you like? What'd you like? And Jerry mentions that he saw LeBron James's son, a 14 year old Bronny, LeBron James Jr., class of 2023 player. So we're going to spend a good amount of time talking about what you saw you got some interesting observations. First of all, Jerry, will you set the scene for us? Uh, sure. It's Sunday. Uh, they've entered bracket play in the 15 and unders. Uh, of note is Imani Bates was playing at the same time on a court caddy corner. Uh, he's widely considered the number one sophomore in the country. There weren't very many people watching that game. There was an assistant from Michigan <clears throat> keeping an eye on him. Absolutely no media. All the media, I would say 30-plus cameras were on Bronny's court. Um, LeBron was there uh, with a – I don't know. I mean, a, there, there was a security detail of maybe like five, six people. It's just very different. All the crowds there is crowded. Was he remotely uh, approachable? Uh, who? LeBron. No, you're not getting to him. I mean, I mean, if you got to him, he was cool. I saw him being cool with some people, yeah. but – you know, mere mortals are not getting to him unless you're, you know, in the family. Um, so just one general thought, I was like, poor Bronny. I mean, I could not imagine. I mean, you're, you're in eighth grade and you're wanting to play AAU ball and to have the scrutiny on him. Uh, pretty amazing um, to, just to think about, how, you know, coming up through that. And I watched Jordan and his two children come up through the circuit and – just not like today. There just wasn't that buzz. Social media wasn't as big back then. Uh, it kind of made me feel for Bronny a little bit. I was like, that's got to be tough. You said he was looking over at his dad a lot? Oh, he had some daddy coaching going on. At, at least LeBron was standing behind the coach. <laughs> so he wasn't looking away from the bench. To his dad, um, I mean, LeBron's into it. He's encouraging. You can tell it's a positive relationship. I just um, I can't imagine being in Bronny's head. You know, your dad's LeBron, your dad's there. Half the media is on LeBron, half of it's on you. You know, it's a spectacle. And so he, he's going to have a unique challenge, like, you know, all celebrity kids do. And he's a very good player. He's playing up a year. At times he got physically overwhelmed. Um, but, you know, he's going to be a great player. I am not a good enough scout to be able to tell you how good he's going to be. He's not very tall right now, so growth is going to be a factor. Uh, but he has game, very skilled. You know, he's getting impeccable training. So I'm sure he's going to be a great player. He is a very good player. Um, it's, it's just very hard to look at an eighth grader and know what the end product's going to be. There's a few things I want to dive in, and you mentioned his height. 
just looked it up on our player page. It says five foot ten. Uh, yeah. Okay, so you saw Jordan watch his kids. Yeah, that was, was interesting. He was always with Charles Oakley, <laughs> his boy Charles, and it, every single time it looked like they just came off the golf course, and you would always know they were coming because there would just be this like like a calm before the storm. It'd get the gym would get a little quiet, and they would you'd see these guys, big guys, <clears throat> security types bringing in chairs. And there's Jordan and Oakley sitting there. But Jordan never, zero emotion, nothing negative, nothing positive. Like, I don't know if I ever saw him clap or even say anything. You know, just a total, the stoic dad. And Charles Oakley was always there with him. And, you know, I I got a good vibe off it. I I think Jordan was very aware of how much pressure his kids were under. And his kids were not projected at the same level that LeBron's son is so it's a little different dynamic there but it was a different time you didn't have all the and one tape guys you didn't have that many guys like me you know there's maybe two three scouts there in a game today it's you know times 10 that at least yeah Bronny's become sort of i mean we know i've known who he is for the last two years yeah, it's crazy He's, isn't it? you know twitter phenomena instagram yeah. phenomena do you sense that there is this is just so interesting to me. Like, do you think LeBron has a, obviously it's been decided, you know, Bronny wants to play basketball. Bronny can play basketball. Do you think LeBron is, you know, being picky and choosy about what events he's going to? You said Bronny's mm. playing up. Yeah, she, well, I think he's probably managed and they created this AAU team or travel team on the Nike circuit. I always argued uh, before LeBron went to Los, with the Los Angeles Lakers, I, I predicted him going there because of family issues. I think he wanted his sons to grow up in Los Angeles and develop their basketball skills there, along with other things like he, he owned a house there. <laughs> There's other factors, but I think that was a big one—the family thing. I think he's managing it. I, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of how involved he is. And, you know, is he a good sports dad? Is he a bad? He, he, looked, he looked like a great sports dad. But he was in there. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was like Jordan. It was like Jordan's over there almost hiding in the corner, uh, watching his kid play, trying to stay separated from it. Kind of like, you know, throw, teaching your kid to swim. Do you just throw him in the pool? <laughs> you know, not too far from the edge, let him get back. Or do you jump in there and hold his hand? LeBron was more in the pool with his kid versus Jordan. He'll, he'll, he'll be fine. He'll be okay. Is it hard for it. you? You're, you're, you're a scout. You're there scouting. You know, you mentioned Amoni mm-hmm. Bates. Yeah. But you've also got LeBron James' kid there, and there's a spectacle built around that. Mm-hmm. So, and then, and then you, you know that people like me are going to say, Jerry, let's talk about LeBron's kid. Like, how, yeah. do, you, do you think you find yourself paying more attention to this 14-year-old, 5'10", well, than, that, you, than you want to? And you have hit an existential nerve in me right there as a scout, you know, because I'm an old-school guy, and – I'm not about the hype, you know, I'm, I'm scouting, I'm the down to earth guy, but it's very, cause this is a business, but also I'm a scout. So yeah, you know, I, over 15 years of, or 16 years in this business, I've had to develop in this regard. So yeah, I watched, I watched Bronny play, but I didn't just sit there and <laughs> oogle over him like everyone else. Yeah. You're going back and forth and I was Dude, that gym had like 10 courts. I mean, 12 courts going at the same time. So there's a lot to look at 
But that, that's a really interesting question uh, for scouts. I think we have to, to be good in this business, you have to have a mix of that and an understanding of content and what, what drives the market. But you got to keep your head on straight. You're not trying to get, like my son said, get an autograph. When I told him I was going to watch him, I was like, yeah, well, they frown on that. <laughs> you know, you might lose your media credentials. Because um, some people get caught up in that, you know, the fanboy type thing. We used to call them jock sniffers, you know, like jersey chasers. Uh, but this is a business and people want to hear about stuff like this. But you got to you have to do your job. You got to be able to rank players. Well, I think we all sort of the entire industry in the last two years sort of fell into the LeVar Ball trap. Yeah, we took that yeah. too far. Everyone. Well, LeVar ESPN took over. He, LeVar took over. And now he I, manipulated it. I remember you were in the office. It was, I guess this was when uh, Lonzo was playing at UCLA. And mm-hmm. you're like, well, and this was before LeVar had become this big, this big name. And you said, he's got this dad. His dad's a little bit, a little bit out there. He's got two other sons, uh, LiAngelo. And you were like, you know, He's not, LiAngelo's not as good as the other two. And then he's got this young, young LaMelo. And it, it was, you had to show a lot of restraint, I think, to not just do ball content all the time. Because you know okay, it's interest. Well, that's the genius of LeVar Ball. <laughs> he's constantly creating content. Um, you know, they'll probably write a couple books about him one day. You know, this whole big baller brand. This the whole. Show. I, I thought when he sold his shoes for $500, it's the most genius marketing thing I've ever heard of because there's an economics lessons in capitalism, supply and demand. I mean, where's the price point? There is no price point. It's probably a garbage shoe. I'm guessing. I do regret that. I didn't buy one right off the bat. (laughs) I should have bought my daughter one. She could have kicked him at school. She'd have been so cool. (laughs) We'll talk about LaMelo in a little bit here. One one last Bronny question. I guess just a statement. Coach K was there. So Bronny has standing offers from Duke and Kentucky and LeBron obviously playing under under Coach K on the Olympic team seems like mm-hmm. a natural natural connection. If the one and done rule is not kaput by twenty twenty three, then maybe he ends up there. But that's obviously far too early. You you don't yeah. you don't even know if he's going to be that good. Well, being LeBron James's child, he's going to be good enough to go to whatever school. Now, is he gonna, going to be an elite talent? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, you know, this is my first time to see him. I've seen clips of him. It, it's just hard to project. I mean, he's in the eighth grade, and we've already talked about the height issue. So we'll see. I mean, he, I don't think anyone's going to rescind an offer from him <laughs> if he wants to go. And I feel certain one and done will be out the door by his time. So if he's that good, he'll be going straight to the NBA. We're going to take a quick break to hear a message from our partners. When we return, we're going to talk – about Jerry's the rest of his trip to Atlanta and then talk about some of the best uncommitted prospects in the country and what they're up to. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. She's the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. 
reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. We are back. Jerry, LeBron James Jr. was not the only player you saw in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You took some notes on some other guys. Oh, sure. Let's hear them. All right. Well, you know, the leading scorer from the event was Sharif Cooper. Uh, there's been speculation he might move to 2019. He's All these guys, I'll, if, if they're not 2020 prospects, I'll note it. Uh, but all these guys are juniors who will be seniors next year. There was talk that he might do like R.J. Hampton thing and – Good plug. Yeah, I got to do that because RJ was there as well. He's on the list. Uh, 2019 prospect. Is it, um, Auburn was trying to get him in there with Jared Harper leaving. But um, Kentucky and Auburn were all over. He's a great player. Just uh, Has some Colin Sexton to him. But I would say a little more refined offensively. Uh, but, man, is he fun to watch. RJ Hampton was great. And he's down to Memphis, Kentucky, Kansas, and Texas Tech. Texas Tech, a new addition. And I saw this morning where uh, Dane Irvin, a scout for Nike, who's well-connected in Texas, he just picked Texas Tech for R.J. Hampton. Wow. So, <laughs> I, that's good. This could get interesting. Like, like a lot of people – Memphis has been the trending school for him. Uh, and Kansas has always been there as, you know, like – it's, it's, they've been on RJ from the get-go. So that could be a really interesting one. But RJ looked great, man. He's gotten bigger, stronger. We're talking like a 6'5", pushing 190 with a 6'8", wingspan, combo guard, point guard. Um, Jared Culver in him? A little, little of that? Uh, I mean, you know, different position, but as far as a long athlete and some stuff they do, I mean, you know, yeah, he's a great talent. Cade Cunningham, I mean, this guy, I uh, think Brandon Roy in pre-knee injury, just strong and physical, 6'6", explosive crossover dribble, really sees the court, <clears throat> you know, shots getting getting better. Uh, he looked great. Jalen Johnson out of Wisconsin, very intriguing prospect. A lot of people think he's going to end up at Duke, but he basically ran the point guard for his team at 6'9". I wouldn't say it was the best offense. Maybe he should not have been running the point. It was one of those, um, let's take turns at the YMCA going one-on-one, and Jalen took most of the turns. <laughs> wasn't a lot of, like, moving or screening or stuff going on, but he's a great talent. And then i tell you a guy who caught my eye was Zier Williams from out in California. North Carolina offered him a few couple months ago. Boy, he's gotten bigger, stronger, tougher. Um, six seven six eight combo four type. But I, I was very impressed with him. But so those are some names. Good deal. We've got top two four seven for twenty nineteen coming out next week. You'll see when you look at the list, you've got some some top players who have yet to make a college decision. Jerry, I think we talked enough about Precious Achua and Trenton Watford last week. But are you hearing anything on – there's a few guys I want to list. Jaden McDaniels. Man, I, I have not heard really anything lately, um, which is probably good for Washington. Um, he's tight with Isaiah Stewart, one of the top big men in the country, and Isaiah committed to Washington. You know, He's from Seattle. Jaden is. 
So I kind of feel like Washington's where he's going to end up, but it's been quiet. You know, you got Texas, Kentucky, San Diego State. I think those are the other principal players. You still getting Kentucky vibes on Johnny Duzang? Yeah, I mean, I at this point, I think it'd be almost beyond shocking if if that doesn't play out. Is Lamelo Ball going to go to college? I, I cannot see that. I, I don't know that a college coach would want to deal with that. For one, oh, or like a big time college. Or it, like, I mean, like a, is he like, even eligible? Oh, probably not. Okay. I, I mean, these eligibility rules. I don't know. Like, I, I would doubt that he's eligible. I mean, he's been a professional athlete. I mean, maybe. I that's murky water for me. I don't really understand all that. Like, you know, the, these foreign players will come over. Like Ian's Canner mm-hmm. at Kentucky, he didn't get to play all year. Then another guy gets. Suspended ten games and won seven. And I, like I, I just don't understand it. I don't care enough to study it. But it's the way I look at it. None of these guys are amateurs. All right, we've got a, a question for you, Jerry. And then we're going to dip mm-hmm. out of here. From Brian. Actually, their name is Bow to Coach Cal. So we can expect <laughs> guy, this one to be Kentucky. That's related. my Twitter buddy. And it is. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> well, he just he hits me up a yeah. lot. We we yeah. <laughs> uh, Kentucky has not landed a consensus top three recruit since 2015. Do you think that do you think that changes in the 2020 class? The 2020 class. As we pull up the 2020. Yeah, yeah let me look at the rankings. Because they're all Great in question. 2019 mode. Um. So would Evan Mobley? That's a, Evan that's a USC. Mobley, yeah, he's going to be at USC. Jalen Green's dad. getting Memphis buzz. Jalen Johnson. Kentucky's trying on him. Jalen Johnson, I would say Duke. I'm not sure I see it. Uh, maybe Kate Cunningham is. I'm looking through here. Cade's got all three crystal ball picks for Kentucky. He's number eight right now, but uh, Cade, who might end up in the top three, I'm going to tell you, I was so impressed with him. Uh, like if I personally just threw out a, a, a top list for 2020 right now, Cade, would, ooh, if he's not in the top three, he's right there. Um, so yeah. Uh, so that's their best and, bet. And Folly Dante, the big guy out of Kansas, got a chance for him. But yeah, Cade's a, their best bet. Isaiah Todd, but he slipped some. He's he's down at thirteen now. But I, you know, I guess the obsession over one, two, three is what Duke had. There's got that. That's pretty atypical if it's ever happened. I don't know. Maybe the Fab Five. Some of those guys were up there. But uh, Kentucky, Kentucky's doing okay in recruiting. Yeah. We will be back Monday, May 6th uh, to unveil the top 247 for 2019. Jerry, good stuff. Thanks for joining. Talk to you later. All right.